Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just in case you missed all the craziness from last week, I do think we have to address it here. WWE released Bray Wyatt, aka The Fiend, from his contract. So in 30 or 60 or 90 days, whatever it's going to be, he will be a free agent in the wrestling world. And that just means in 2021, all bets are off. If you believe something could happen, my word, it could actually happen. Also, because it is the first ups and downs of the week, we do have to crown our MVP of the last seven days. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and you got to give it to one Christopher Jericho. I mean, he is almost 50 years old, and he put himself in one of the craziest death matches I have seen on American TV in years. And he didn't have to do that. He's Chris Jericho. He could have gone, man, I just want to sit on a giant duck, and everybody would have let him do it. So Chris Jericho. MVP. But otherwise, my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling, and it is time to up those downs for the latest episode of Raw. And it was one of those Raws where you kind of scratch your bald head and think to yourself, I thought we were holding back the good stuff until fans returned, and I can still, fans, let's just get into it and let's up those downs. <laughs> Okay, Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. I have said it before and I will say it again. That's fine for a card like SummerSlam because the rest of it is so stacked, you can have a little bit of fun. As long as Bob whips Bill's ass, because Bill has always been the guy whipping everybody's ass, it will tie into Lashley's character and he'll come out the other side smelling more like a rose than he already does. How we are getting there, though, well, I don't know. Because it kind of feels like Goldberg just walked back into WWE one day and said, hey, Bobby, I would like a championship match. Lashley went, well, you're not going to get one. And then a week later said, well, I thought about it and I've changed my mind. Sure thing pal is doing. I mean, we did involve Goldberg's family here, but it would have made more sense if we had involved Bobby's family. Goldberg was threatening them, so Lashley was like, no, no, please don't hurt my family. But yeah, Goldberg's kid was in the audience. And my word... That dude sprouted. The last time we saw him, he's basically a fetus. And now he is a man. This is how Raw kicked off this week, though. And after MVP had gone, man, Bill Goldberg, so it's really hate him. He can kiss my ass. Out came Goldberg. And we had one of those weird reactions where the Chicago crowd were like, oh my God, it's Goldberg. I can't believe it. And then decided they didn't like him. So booed. We also got a We Want Wyatt chant because, of course, we did. Why the hell are we letting top guys go? And Goldberg actually said, it doesn't matter about age. Because no matter what age he is, 
he's going to be Goldberg. And I tell you, that little piece of advice is going to catch up to him one day and he ain't going to see it coming. But yes, the big part was when Bobby Lashley got into Goldberg's son's face and was like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. So Goldberg ran back down the entranceway and he gave a massive spear to MVP. And if we hadn't have done that, I would have given it a down. But everybody popped so big for it. And you're like, oh man, that's the Billy Boy that I love. It scrapes and up. But when I say scraping up, I mean scraping it up. This was not exactly the best segment you have ever seen. WWE then just went full WWE. It's time to rant. Because I just think that sometimes Vince McMahon and friends are too focused on trying to control a live environment. Because yes, in the past, and I'm sure in the future, they will pipe in noise in order to make the fans sound like they're reacting in the way that everybody would like them to react. And that's not how wrestling works, hence why, again, all night we had We Want Wyatt, we had CM Punk, the fans were doing whatever you want, and you just gotta, like, live biscuit, roll it. So when Drew McIntyre came out here, and you could hear Michael Cole in the background, it's a bit like, wait a minute, are we now doing this, and has somebody in the production truck forgotten to take that little line out? Now, I will say this, I am not pretending that WWE hasn't done this before, they have. But before Drew McIntyre came out, we had a SummerSlam advert with John Cena, and it was the exact same words that Michael Cole was saying there as he was saying here. So I actually think this was a snafu. Somebody had pushed the wrong button, and they had cross-pollinated the audio streams, and as the Ghostbusters told us, you never cost a stream. Now, I could utterly be wrong, and again, I'm not pretending WWE doesn't do this. They do do it, and they absolutely shouldn't. That's why I can't really go up or down on this, because I think it was a genuine mistake. But don't worry, because when it does come to Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal, I don't get what the hell we're doing. Down. Because it was McIntyre taking on Veer and Shanky, so I was like, okay, well, we'll see what's going to happen here. Maybe Jinder's henchmen will prove they've got a little something-something, and Drew's always good. And, of course, after a few minutes... It ended in disqualification. So what was the point? I mean, as soon as McIntyre was in control, Jinder Mahal just went, ha, 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 and he interfered, giving the referee no choice. And as these bad guys stood there with chairs, Drew left the ring, he got his sword, and I suppose he was going to use it as some kind of shield. But really, if you're going to charge anybody with a sword, your sole intent has to be to kill him. And this trio clearly thought he was going to do that because they legged the hell out of there to the point they left the arena straight away. Kevin Patrick was like, oh, Jinder, Jinder, have a chat with me. He was like, no, there's a murder on my case. What the hell are you doing? And look, I enjoy everybody in this feud. I really do. And I'm actually all right with Drew versus Jinder at SummerSlam. I would just rather we were leaning on reality. Also, yes, bring down the board. That now goes up to 43. 43 disqualification finishes in August 2021, I don't want to be that guy, but I think that may be one too many. We then did have another interview with Drew McIntyre, who actually said, well, I'm going to kill him, so somebody better call the police. And then we cut to Nia Jax, who was basically saying the same thing about Rhea Ripley, because they were about to have a fight. But I tell you too, in things I never saw coming on Raw, it was Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax. I was rather entertained. This was mostly down to the fact that they just kicked each other's ass. And sure, here and there, it was a little bit hit and miss. And they were hitting each other so hard, Nia Jax got busted open at one point. But was I ever bored during this encounter? No, I was not. I'd be happy to sit through it again. Nia was throwing Rhea around the place too, including into the ring post, which allowed the crowd to go, oh my gosh, Ripley's a babyface here, so why don't we cheer her? Which also meant when she was busting out all these cool moves, they were like, oh my gosh, Rhea Ripley is the best. We've got to make sure we do this more. She kept going for the Riptide as well, but of course Nia Jax is too big, so she wasn't able to do it. 
And at that moment, yes, WWE couldn't help themselves. So Shayna Baszler got up on the apron. She distracted Nia Jax by accident. I presume she was trying to do that to Rhea Ripley, which allowed Rhea to, give it a minute, give it a minute, give it a minute, use the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment, the surprise roll up and get the one, two, three, and then just run away. Because I guess she was like, oh no, what's Nia Jax going to do to me now? So yes, why the hell would you ever just let somebody hit their big move and win? And afterwards, the former tag team champions were bickering again so as opposed we're going back to that tease but i guess it has come to the end of the shelf life so i'll say it's fine it also allowed ripley to sneak back in there and hit the riptide on naya and the fans went crazy for that so you can't get mad at it but yes here's another one (laughs) it's the distraction board and if you can believe this one it's gone up to 85 which is the same as being an old man I don't know what that means. So I didn't see any of that coming, but what I did see coming from a country mile away was the fact that WWE was having an episode of Monday Night Raw, so they were just going to do rematch after rematch after rematch. So we can't pretend. We have to talk about it. It is ridiculous. Can somebody please go and knock on Vince McMahon's door and say, Vince, you know, you could write whatever you want on that piece of paper. You can write later on, I don't know, Baron Corbin's going to take on a goat, and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter that Baron's on SmackDown. All you've got to do is go get a goat and give Baron a call and it can happen. I'm sorry, it's just getting so, so dull. So for the amount we did have, it's getting the down. When it was announced that it was Mustafa Ali and Mansoor taking on Mason T-Bar again, I just wanted to take my fist and smash it against my head, especially because this was the other thing that WWE loves to do. They went through their records, they went, who won last week? What's that? It was Mansoor and it was Mustafa Ali. Okay, cool. This week, make sure it's the former Retribution guys, meaning nobody actually goes anywhere and we're all just stuck still like this. Damn it, I fell. But as ever, here is the thing. They were only given three minutes, and my word did these four guys work their ass off. I mean, they did everything they possibly could, and that's why they get it up. It also helped massively because Mustafa Ali is from Chicago, so as soon as he came out, everyone was like, oh man, you're the best thing ever, we love you. But if you know anything about WWE, if you are the hometown lad, you're never allowed to win. They think it's funny for some reason, even though you should go, well, why don't we give the crowd something to cheer about? I don't want to talk about it. Still, he was massively fired up when Mansoor eventually did get the hot tag because he'd been beaten up for a while and it made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. He looked genuinely pleased. But sadly, so did WWE because they did what they always did to tickle their own toes. And now they're ruining my ups and downs because I've already given this a down for being a rematch. Then they get an up for putting on a good match itself. But now we have to go back to the downs because the finish was essentially what we had just seen times two. Again, go back to that script. You can write whatever you want down. For you see, as soon as Mustafa Ali and Mansoor were finding their way, Mace caused the distraction. T-Bar pulled Mansoor off the rope and he kind of smashed his head and he pinned him. One, two, three. Like I say, just going round and round and round. Where we stop, nobody knows. Yes, we do. Whatever we did last week, we'll do it again. It also means we bring back down the distraction board, even though it was only just here. Like a relative you don't want to see the next week after they came and wasted your Sunday. It moves up to 86. Two distraction finishes in consecutive matches. I mean, it honestly boggles the mind. Ali and Mansoor then fell out a little bit, so the former Retribution hit them with a double choke slam because you're not allowed to like them and you're not allowed to get behind them at all. And even if you think about it, WWE, they're going to knock on your house and crush your dreams. Charlotte was out next, and these segments have officially become very hard to up and down. Please allow me to explain why. Because I think Flair is very, very good at what she does. I think she gets a lot of unnecessary hate online. And if you were a wrestling promoter and she became available, you'd be nuts 
not to give her a call, she makes any roster better. She's a very good pro wrestler. Because much like everything else, we have just fallen into a pattern though, where she does the same thing every week. Oh, I've been screwed. I should be the champion. Please stop chanting Becky Lynch at me. I don't appreciate it. What's that? Yes, I'm the best. I mean, this honestly could have been from seven days ago. Like if you were drifting off, you'd be like, oh no, I can't believe it. I've traveled back in time. I'm going to have to find Marty and Doc. And at least we had a little something different because Nikki Ash used this to sneak up behind Charlotte Flair and smack her with a chair. But even then, just kind of nothing. I think that came down to the fact that you knew that our main event was going to be Charlotte Flair versus Nikki Ash in a no-holds-barred match. But apart from that stipulation, what's that brain? Oh, that's right. It's the same flipping thing we did last week. So you couldn't really get excited about it. So while everyone here did their job in the way they were meant to, you got to give it a down. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Ava Marie and the Drop were then here, and they didn't want to talk about Natalia's injury, and they didn't want to talk about Alexa Bliss. Because you know the deal with Eva Marie. She just wants to talk about herself because of evolution. It's a mystery. This was here for a reason because following straight on from that, it was Tamina. What's that? Hey, yeah, there's no one meaner. Take it on, Dewdrop. And much like we talked about earlier, this was an unexpected surprise. Now, there wasn't even Marie distraction. If that had led to the finish, I would have ripped my own throat out in a wild exaggeration. But once more, I think these two must have had a chat backstage. They're like, I think we've got to lay it in, sister. Let's go out there and kick some ass. And they really did. 
and it was very enjoyable to watch. Although saying that, the distraction did still come into play, but it basically worked in the reverse. Because you know what happens between the drop and Eva Marie. Every time the drop is doing something well, Eva Marie wants to pretend it's her. And when she's not, she kind of freaks out. So when she did freak out here, basically go, ah, in the drop's face, she couldn't handle that. She's a professional wrestler. No one's trained her to deal with this. So she got thwomped. And she lost. It did make Tamina look really good, though. And of course, when Tamina looked good, she also looks meaner, which means we're allowed to bring down our board and ask the question, did Tamina look meaner? And the answer is yes, and that makes me feel pleased. And of course, Alexa Bliss and Lily appeared on the big screen afterwards and just went, ha, 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 ho, 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 like this was funny. It was not funny. There was no humor to be derived from it. Sadly, though, you do have to classify this as a distraction. That's how we got to the end of the match. Somebody cast distraction and they used 10 MP. So here it is again, my word would you let it rest. It goes up to 87 and three is just too much. So again, we've got to give it a down. Also, while we are here too, and it's a little bit relevant, stop being really weird and insane if you are being really weird and insane and go, oh, I can't believe Alexa Bliss stole Bray Wyatt's character and got him fired. One, it was quite clear they were real friends behind the scenes. And two, that didn't happen. That would never happen. There's only one person decides this and you know who it is. So again, just use your brain and if nothing else, be nice. Riddle and Damian Priest were then chatting backstage and they just have really good chemistry together, mostly because they are massive goofs. Riddle knew that he would get through his match all right later against Omos though, because he's going to get the power of Randy Orton and use that. Whereas because Damian Priest is a cool cat, he's like, man, I'm going to be on Miz TV. I want to take on Sheamus. I want to be the US champ. He is actually very good at taking WWE's usual bizarre dialogue making it actually sound normal. Sadly though, like I say, while he did have big plans, one of them was to go on Miz TV, and Miz TV is just too long. It's also the same thing every time. It's always just like, oh man, I hate you, you hate me. Here's my drip skip, I'm gonna pour water into your face, not a euphemism. And after around about five minutes, like, help me please do something else. I just think we've got to retire it for a little while. And this was mostly the Miz accusing Damien of being responsible for his injury to the point Priest went, you know what? I wanted to take on Sheamus, but now I'm so annoyed, I think I should take on John Morrison instead. And what does that classify as? You already know it's a rematch. We have seen it many, many times. It was actually one of these things that actually turned out to be pointless because Damien Priest and John Morrison may have really good chemistry, but after around about three minutes, he just hit the reckoning and he got the one, two, three, and then instantly, here was Seamus, here was Ricochet, so the wizard in the sky, he'll be back one day, I promise you, he's just sleeping right now, went holacabli, and it turned into a tag team match. And that only went a few minutes as well, so why didn't we take the time we had, push it together, and do like an eight minute tag team match, which would have benefited everybody? There's no answer to this. It doesn't make any sense, meaning it's gonna get it down. However, once again, you could just tell that all these guys were going out of their way and rushing in order to make this work, and it was really fun, and it was really entertaining, and it was good, and it was great, and it was decent. There's all these words we use when describing wrestling matches that we do wanna see, so it's get it. And the other two main reasons for that up is that one, at one point, John Morrison grabbed Ricochet and slid him across the mat, and he just glided like a swan. I was like, man, what Ricochet can't do? And also, two, do you know who got the successful pin for here? Once again, it was Damian Priest. So that was essentially back-to-back -back wins, and it got me a little bit excited that maybe, just maybe, we are going to do something with him. Also, Shamian versus Damian Priest should be a good match. So let's all just stay really quiet and keep everything crossed. We could be onto something here. 
you know how that goes. It was here that Lashley just accepted Goldberg's challenge even though nothing had changed. And then 2021 wild, y'all. It was Omos versus Riddle. Now there are certain pockets of people who like to say that Omos is terrible and Omos is crap. We don't want Omos and Omos should go away. Well, I am going to be the counterpoint to that and say, I love this guy. Now, is he ever going to give me a five-star classic match? Of course not. But there's hundreds of other people that may do that. He is just a big guy doing big guy things. And I really like him. So there, he also cut a promo before this where he was like, last week I broke Riddle's scooter and this week I will break his spine. So now he basically bathed. This too was a little bit like a bird taking on a tiger because Riddle was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to take him out? So he was hitting them with these punches and these knees. But once more, Omos is massive so he would grab riddle and he just chucked him around the place and because he looked really tough and because he looked really strong the inner child of me was like man this is so cool and he chucked him over the barricade at one point and it seemed like riddle was going to get counted out but thankfully he got back in the ring but that didn't work either he got slammed with a choke slam he got hit with the tree slam one two three if you can believe it in those fictional record books Omos defeated riddle and i don't even care man I had a really good time. It also because I know that at SummerSlam it's going to lead to AJ Styles and Omos defending their titles against Riddle and Randy Orton. And RK Bro has been gunning for that for ages, even though Randy Orton is missing. So this is all fine by me. Keep on giving it. Not everything has to be super duper complicated. I just cannot get into all this Alexa's playground stuff though. And believe you me, I am trying. But she and Lily were here going, oh man, let me tell you about our inspirations. Jack the Ripper, as if that wasn't a legit serial killer that used to gut women. Oh, wait a minute, it was. When Eva Marie and Dewdrop turned up and they beat both of them up. Can you beat up a doll? I suppose so. Either way, she got her ass kicked. When Lily had been chucked to the ground, though, I was a bit like, oh no, whatever will we do? She then sat up as if she was the Undertaker. So if you've been waiting for the second coming of the dead man, here it is. It's a flipping doll. I'm really sorry I have to give it a down. Guess what we did next too. If you're going, Simon, did we do some 50-50 booking with a healthy dose of rematch on the side? You get 100 points because you would be absolutely right. It was the NXT champion, Karrion Cross, taking on Keith Lee. Nobody knows why. Once more, they're very good. I enjoyed it for what it was up. Lee especially was just great here doing things that guys his size shouldn't do. And I am begging you, WWE, let the leash off with this man. If you say, hey, Keith, you can go out there and do whatever the hell you want. Every single person in the world that decides to watch Raw will go, wow, this man's incredible. So just do it. I can see that Karrion Cross fits perfectly on the main roster as well. But as always, WWE has just booked these guys into oblivion because as Karrion Cross did get on the cross jacket like he had done last week to win, Keith Lee fought out, Keith Lee hit the spirit bomb and he got the victory. Now this would have been awesome if he had some kind of story or you know they hadn't been losing all the time beforehand but they have been losing all the time beforehand, there has been no story and if you are now an NXT fan like me you're like okay well we do have Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross, and I'm excited about it because Samoa Joe's coming back to the ring but have you stolen away some of my fun? Raw, yes you damn have. So yeah, while I did praise the quality of the contest, look at what's just happened. Keith Lee has come back, he's gone what? Lost, lost, one. And Karen Cross has debuted, and he's gone lost, one, lost. That doesn't do anything for anybody. Just take one step forward, take two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. If you do that when you try and walk to the grocery store, you're never going to get there. 
And I know, wait and see what's gonna happen, wait and see what's gonna happen. I always wait and see what's gonna happen, but also do the simple things correctly, debut someone, and let them beat a few people, because it just makes you go, well, I better watch this person, they look quite good. For everything I just said, down. Reggie then continued to spin the fact he was only calling himself Reginald and pretending to be French to get a foot in the door. And I was like, Reg, that is a really, really weird plan, but I suppose it did work, so good for you. We were also back to rematches, and this one was even a little bit worse because it was for the 24-7 title as Reg defended it against Tazawa. But I WWE got something with this Reggie baby boy because he just flips and he flies and he flops and he does all this stuff. I can't help but go, oh my gosh, give me more. So I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm giving it up. And it was mostly comedy with Tazawa going smashing into the bottom rope at one point before getting up and going ninja power because he is still a ninja. But what I couldn't believe is that this didn't end with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, which may be the very first time when it comes to the 24-7 title. Instead, he did this crazy senton thing that made me go whoa dude that was amazing how did you do it and he got the pinfall now i would still get rid of the 24 7 title but when it comes to reg keep doing this and keep doing it more i really like him and then our main event was the same as last week it was charlotte flair taking on nikki ash in a non-title match and it was no holds barred or whatever you want to call it but also they are going to have a title match in a few weeks so if you weren't like, oh, I don't understand, none of this makes sense, don't worry, you certainly weren't alone. However, while I had certain aspects with the story here, which we'll talk about in just one moment, you got to give props to these two, because they went all out to give you some sports entertainment fun. I mean, there was tables, there was a powerbomb through the announce table. They, like many people on this show, were absolutely laying it in and more power to him. We also saw Rhea Ripley watching this backstage like the TV had possessed her, like she looked so uncomfortable with her neck cranked like this. And like I say, everything here was good, but the story was very clear. You were meant to take away the fact that Charlotte Flair is brilliant, she's one of the best wrestlers ever, and while you like Nikki Ash, she's nothing compared to the Queen, so Charlotte is just gonna whip her ass over and over and over again, including having a beating for the one, two, three, but then picking her shoulders up at two, because again, she's a dick. Now, thankfully, unlike last week, we did actually allow Nikki to win this, but do you know how it went down? For starters, she just dodged out the way when Charlotte was running at her, meaning Charlotte went through a table, but even then she couldn't get the one, two, three. So she had to grab her body, put her on the second rope, and hit that spinning neck breaker. And finally, and while the commentators were like, well, don't forget she went through a table. What's that? She went through a table? Oh, Charlotte definitely went through a table. Our women's champion got the victory. So this really did feel like you being awarded the gold after you finished last, but everybody else got thrown out of the race. But hey-ho, at least we did have a different finish from last week. At least Nikki Ash did get the victory. I will now presume she takes on Rhea Ripley for the next two weeks and loses one and wins one because, again, 50-50 booking. But they really did go all out here. I'm not going to be an ass, although we probably need to come up with a new main event soon. We have done this a lot but it can have it up. Which brought us to the end of Raw, and I just do not understand what they're doing with it. Like I always say, you can watch SmackDown, you get the direction, you understand where they're going, but Raw just feels like an assault on the senses. That doesn't mean there's not loads of good segments when you watch them within the context they're presented, but when you take a step back and you look at the whole thing, it's just truly bizarre. It's truly baffling, and that's why overall, it's gotta get it down. It's just not hooking me in my veins. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.